You're listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, and my name is Rog. Join me as I invite sexuality specialists to do our best to answer your questions about sex. Topic range from the simple through to the ridiculously complex. So long as it somehow relates to sex, it's up for grabs. Please be mindful that some topics might be great stuff for younger people to listen to, and some might not. Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on related topics in Australia. Find Curious Creatures and submit your questions for us to answer at curiouscreatures.biz. That's B-I-Z. Today we're chatting with Maureen and Kath. Uh, Maureen, how would you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, Rogers. I would describe myself as a sex educator and I also write a weekly column in the Sunday Age about sex and relationships. Wonderful. And you also uh, run the store Bliss for Women. Yes, yes. I also run a sensuality boutique for women and couples, which is online. Wonderful. And Kath, how would you introduce yourself? I would say hi. My name's Kath Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a uh, sex and relationship psychotherapist slash counsellor, educator, sometimes workshop presenter, and um, all-round compassionate and passionate about alternative sex and safety and positive sexuality. <laughs> a big welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and uh, we'll hear more about uh, what the two of you are up to and what you've got coming up uh, at the end of the show. And so to our question for today, which is, how can I get my erection to last longer? Um, and so just before we uh, dive into that one, um, I would love to broaden this question out uh, because I think that a lot of the answers, uh, I don't want to preempt what you two are going to say, but I, I know that a lot of my answers are just um, generic answers that uh, relate to what's going on no matter what genital type you've got and no matter what sort of type of uh, concern you're having. So I'm, I'm going to make the question fairly broad around, uh, you know, what do you do if your body or genitals aren't doing what you want them to do? Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll include some specifics on erections. So, uh, yeah, Kath, Maureen, either of you like to... Oh, and it's such a big topic, Maureen. Do you want to start with it or I can start with it? Well, one thing I'd, I would like to start off by saying, particularly in terms of uh, males and erections, because um, it is such an obvious external, visible mm. and feelable thing, mm. um, a lot of guys go into negative self-talk they hate themselves, they beat their bodies up, they tell their, their penises off. They, mm. and I think that's really unhelpful. Um, if you catch yourself doing that, that negative self-talk about your, your, your body and your genitals, um, consciously try and stop yourself. Uh, be kind to yourself. Be kind to your penis. Uh, it is your friend, it's not your enemy. Um, it is, and it's such a bind to get in because as soon as you start to have a dialogue like that with yourself internally, uh, it's going to have the opposite effect to exactly. um, solving the problem at hand. Exactly. Choice exactly. of words, quite quite deliberate there. Mm. Um, yeah, I love what you're saying. Hmm. Yeah. Can I add to that, Maureen, uh, just on that, uh, with people with penises, and I've got a... I mean, I don't have one. I wish I did. Sometimes I feel as though I have, you know. Um, but with the penises too, you know, when I when I get clients coming to me and saying, you know, I'm having trouble maintaining an erection, um, I lose my erection, what do I do? Um, I always, what, what I tend to try and talk about is um, demystifying why the penis is not operating the way they want it to and actually see it as maybe it could also be a barometer. 
maybe, you know, our penis has yeah. its own intelligence. I say we, our, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, and that perhaps it's saying, well, hold on, maybe it's it's not allowing me to be erect at the moment because something else is going on. Maybe I need to address something. Yes. Maybe it's saying I'm not quite ready, I'm not emotionally attached and I want to be to who I'm with at the moment. Um, so to look at it that way, but if it is about erectile problems and, and it's really hard, well then, <laughs> hard, not hard, <laughs> I would go with... Soft cock play, so mm. underrated. Mm. And you know what can be done with a soft, co- a, a soft cock may not be able to happen with a hard cock. So enjoying that moment. And you know, some people that are not penis owners feel as though they can't touch the penis unless it is hard. Yes. Because if it's soft, that means they mustn't be engaged already or wanting it. Well, it's funny, it brings out a whole layer of dialogue because hard cock is given such priority in our culture that if you're playing with someone that has a cock and it doesn't happen to be a hard cock in that moment. It can also be hard. You've got to wind up working on your own self-dialogue around, oh, it must be me. I must be doing something wrong. So there's a whole other layer of it there. But I love what you're saying, Kath, about um, think of it as a barometer. Uh, I, so, so if I think about all the types of problems that um, uh, tend to come up around genitals, and i just got to declare I do not regard myself as a professional at all particularly on the physiological aspects of these of of these things put my hand up there too thanks Rod. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i would say so the sorts of things like for cock owners either not getting hard or um, coming too quickly or not as in the case of this question uh, not being able to sustain an erection for a long period of time and then for um, vagina owners, uh, so whether that's a case of not getting wet or not getting horny quickly enough or not coming quickly enough or vaginismus, mm-hmm. so um, a, uh, for want of a better description, a tightening of the vagina that makes mm-hmm. uh, penetration of anything difficult yep. at various stages right. of the severity of that there. So for that whole category of... Um, uh, challenges when your genitals aren't doing what you might hope they would do. Um, I think all of them are potentially barometers, mm-hmm. uh, and I think they're all potentially body symptoms that can be unfolded to um, offer some solutions as to what needs to come in. I think there's some but, factual information that isn't getting out there, which is that everybody knows that women hit menopause, mm-hmm. and the, the popular misconception is that women go off sex at menopause. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people have heard of something like vaginal dryness and yeah. things that. People aren't aware that 40% of men over 45 start to have some kind of difficulty with erections or their penises. It isn't mm. you alone. It's the most it is a really thing in the world. normal, yeah. common thing, and yeah. learning to adapt around it. The other thing I'd like to say is that sex is not a hard penis going into a vagina. Yeah, I think this is the thing that we are so limited on is that I'm not having sex. I have known cases of guys who can get hard like this, they can pump away for 35 minutes, and they're as Boring as batshit. Yeah. It's not sex, just doing that. So so part of the solution here is to, I don't even want to say patch around the body you've got. I want to say embrace and love and enjoy and celebrate the body you've got and the functionality that it has. And if you have a particular uh, uh, type of sex which is... Um, 
unlikely for you. So for instance, if you're not so much in the uh, hard cock side of life, then find other forms of sex. There are so many other ways to be in- intimate and engaging. And I'm even going to use the word penetrative with people where you don't have to do what I sometimes think of as fucky fucky sex. Yeah. Uh, so like for instance, get in, into some tantric breathing exercises, get asynchronous on that and uh, feel your partner's breath inside you and vice versa. There are so many other forms of I sex. I had a lot of older women who would come to me at Bliss and they would say, you know, I've been with my partner for 40 years 40 plus years we've always been very happy we've had a great sex life he is now not able to get an erection and as a result he has completely withdrawn from me he won't hold my hand he won't give me a kiss Mm -hmm. he won't cuddle me Um, and I'm suspecting that the guy thinks that if he shows any interest she'll want something more and he won't be able to offer it Mm -hmm. be really cautious of tying up your entire intimacy with the hardness of your penis Mm -hmm. that's a really sad mistake to make such a salient Mm -hmm. story and um, a little little tip for people who are still able to have um, um, sex the way sex is portrayed on television, let's say vanilla sex or whatever, penetrative sex, start making your plan for your future now. Start broadening your horizons and get yourself and your partners interested in other forms of sex so that when that transition happens, whether it's a loss of erectile function or menopause or whatever, you've got strategies and options up your sleeve that are at least as enjoyable as, uh, yeah. Beautiful. I also add a couple of things around specifically looking at people's penises again is um, that, you know, from a t- pubescent boys, you know, in their bedrooms, masturbating, having to do it very quickly because they don't want their parents to walk in on them. God forbid if mum walked in. So it's having to do it really quickly, quietly. Mm. Um, so all of a sudden there's, there's a real urgency to get that seed spent to actually um, to, to come very quickly. So it's set up from a young age. It's the opposite of good training. Absolutely. So there's the premature ejaculation that can start from then. Now, if we go back 100 or so years ago at the turn of last century, there was the humble cornflake was developed by Dr. Kellogg. And Dr. Kellogg um, had a very large following, and, and a lot of following was to do with um, uh, young pubescent boys and their concerned parents. Mm. Um, little girls didn't masturbate, so that was fine. So he Phew. invented Lucky. the cornflake and sold millions of cornflakes as a means boys eating their cornflakes in the morning will stop them masturbating in the evening or whenever. Wow. So this is why the cornflake was actually developed and there was a whole big subset of people that actually believed that. That's why we have cereal for breakfast and not meat anymore. There you go. Yeah, because the it's meat cr- makes you horny but the cereal calms you down. Mm. Wow. I've never liked the cornflake. Mm. <laughs> wow. I like the taste of it. So, um, you know, there's all these myths that happen over the years about how, you know, we can actually regulate and stop sex stop pleasure and um and this is one of them by masturbating so um and for me as a as a as a vulva vagina um owner um i can also not have erections at times you know am i white on yeah. <laughs> and, um but for me i also see as the whole body is one big erection you know we're so much engaged in with our body and we can do so much more than just looking at our genitals um, or seeing as ourselves being one big genital and how you know our lips can become so that genital focus too you know there's so many yeah. different parts um and so to explore and play around with that and 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 to to normalise any form of when it's not working for us, rather than going to like me when you're saying that that shame from when there's no longer you know erections are no longer able to be had, and also what we're not told you know like for prostate cancer, 
for men who have had operations. Often the surgeons, the biggest concern is to cut out the cancer. So I've had clients come to me that have post post surgery saying, oh my God, I was never told I can come, but there's no longer any fluid. Mm. It's dry. Mm. I was not told this. I was freaked out. Why isn't that in the literature? There's so much that doesn't mm. get talked about around um, sexuality that can cause so much in people. Or have Viagra, have Cialis, yeah. and, and yeah. it will be fixed. What happens if someone goes to that, finally I'm going to have the Cialis, and it still doesn't work for them? Where do they go then? Mm. You know, so it's not having to rely on any externalised functions, but actually coming back into the body and being really kind and, like you said, you know, loving your genitals um, and normalising. I, I love what you're pointing out about how so much of the way we do our own self-pleasuring um, is just quick, get it done as fast as possible mm-hmm. and as quietly as possible. It's just such bad training, you know, Maureen. Um, I was on a practical, mechanical point, mm-hmm. however, um, I've worked with a lot of community health nurses and and people uh, who have found that for a man who can get an erection but they find it hard to keep it, um, those stretchy silicon cock rings, if you slip one of those on the base of the penis when you have the erection, it very gently just stops the blood flowing out so quickly. And a lot of men do have quite a bit of success with that if they... uh, So not to focus on the mechanical, but sometimes these little things can can just give you that little bit of extra support that might mm. make you feel more comfortable Yeah, great. Too. And I, I've got a couple of practical yeah. specifics as well. So this is going to be an irony because it's going to sound like I'm agreeing with... Was it Mr Kellogg? Yes. <laughs> so, so my suggestion is going to be don't come. Uh, <laughs> a lot of folks that are into Tantra um, yeah. will advise of withholding uh, ejaculation for uh, cock-owning people. The way I did this, the way I trained myself around this was, uh, and this is one of the examples of where porn can be a fantastic thing. Mm -hmm. If I noticed that I had an evening coming up with nothing on, I would line up about two hours of uh, enjoyable porn uh, and give myself complete freedom and permission to enjoy that, but not allowed to come. And so what I found that over that cycle, at first uh, I couldn't uh, maintain arousal for that length of time at all. That was just far too long. But over the course of time, it became a training thing. We're back on practice, practice, practice. And not only did I find that my erectile function was radically different to what it had been previously, I also found that the types and styles of orgasm and ecstatic states that I could experience was way beyond what I'd imagined was possible. And so these days, I wouldn't say I'm a fierce advocate of um, withholding. Some people uh, pursue a a line which is something like only ejaculate once every six months or something like that. I'm not anywhere near that dedicated. Uh, However, it does definitely make a difference. And I would also say uh, that uh, erectile function to a degree, and in fact, I'm only going to speak for myself, but... It's a fitness, it's a, it's a strength like any other. And if you don't use it, then to a degree you will lose it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so give yourself a good long amount of time to self-pleasure or if you happen to have the luxury of a partner to play with, give yourself long extended periods of lovemaking to hang out in erotic energy with each other. And you're basically just developing your fitness. It's the best gym fitness diet regime thing you could hope mm-hmm. to be on. 
<laughs> and it's funny too because we all like to beat ourselves up about our own personal quirk because for every guy who's complaining about he can't keep a hard-on or he has premature ejaculation, I've got the guy who's agonising about the fact that he can get a hard-on but he can't ejaculate easily. Now, some people would say that's the dream situation because you can have you know, as much physical sex as you like. But that has another psychological aspect to it of the woman or the, or the partner thinking I'm not attractive because this person yes. isn't ejaculating and associating ejaculation with orgasm. And um, So we are also rather good at beating ourselves up over every quirk that we have and seeing it as a negative. Yes, yes, yes. And I'd also add practically, know your lubricants. Oh. Try out a few different lubricants because this is also um, for all across all genders. Um, and yes, as a, a postmenopausal woman, cis woman, I um, um, find that lubricants can become my best mm. friend. I have particular brands that I really love, but I've chosen, I've, I've tried out many, and some people are going to be allergic to some forms of lubricants. So, so yeah, get to know and let them be part of the sexual play. Mm. Um, and also, we haven't really discussed, you know, like for non orgasmic or people that can't orgasm, um, that. There are also some great methods and things that you can try, and I'd suggest you know seeing someone qualified enough that can actually help because it's not going to be necessarily a quick fix or just a little conversation here. Yeah, I know. Um, but there are people out there that can give really great tools to for people to try out that all is not lost, and that a lot of people, I'd say a lot of um, especially vagina owners, um, vulva owners of, of people that I know that um, have trouble having any form of orgasm and will come to me feeling really, really upset and thinking that they're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or likewise, virgins. I get a number of virgins in my practice and think that the only 27-year-old virgin. And I can tell you right now, you're they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of, uh, that circles us back around to the topic you brought up at the start, Kath, around thinking of your body as a barometer. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to your body and find out why it's not doing a particular thing, you so often come up with questions around trust and safety and being shamed by this or previous partners or rushed into things and not being listened to and paced uh, at, a, at a pace that's right for you. And you're right, Kath, they're not quick, easy fixes, those ones. Um, a lot of those things take relationship conversations and um, therapeutic psychological work sometimes that, that can take a, a, a long time, but you do get there. It does work out. They're not as quick as putting on a cock ring. I think all of these, yeah, all of these... Um, solutions help at certain times. And don't and forget ways. about brain plasticity. I mean, mm. actually, your body can learn. Mm. I had a wonderful story recently about a woman who works with people who've uh, quadriplegic, paraplegic. Um, she had a male client who was um, paraplegic, and she was he was despairing because he felt like he was never going to have sex again, and so on. And she was explaining to him that you can train another part of your body. You can discover another part of your body mm. that has your brain learns it right. And she said this guy didn't believe him. And he went to a tabletop club and a girl gave him a lap dance and she blew in his ear. Mm. And he went back to her the next week and he said, I found the thing. Just blow my ear. Mm. And he'd found the thing that, you know, so it's not just the dick or the fanny, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's the whole yeah. body to retrain into being an, an orgasmic place. I love the way you say that with your English accent, the dick and the fanny. Thanks, Maureen. It's great. It's great. (laughs) Well, I think on the dick and the fanny is as good a note as any to end on. So (laughs) thanks, friends. That's been a great question. Thank you. Um, So perhaps, um, Maureen, we'll start with you. If you could tell us a little more about uh, what you do and who your ideal clients are and where they can find you. 
Yes, OK, Rog. Well, 20 years ago, uh, and I don't think I actually mentioned my surname earlier, I'm Maureen Matthews, and 20 years ago I decided to open a sex shop for women and couples because I felt that the commercial approach to sex was so unhelpful um, and didn't foster, you know, genuine sexuality. And from that I got offered the opportunity to write a... A Q&A relationship column in the Sunday Age, which I've been doing for 10 years. So um, my great pleasure is to be able to talk openly and frankly with people about sex in a way that puts them at ease, uh, doesn't trigger them, but actually helps them to relax um, and uh, also inject a little bit of humour and laughter and deflate the anxiety. And um, yes, that's the work I... Very much enjoy. Mm, wonderful. And where can people find Bliss? It's www.blissforwomen.com, but it's the number four, not the word four. Bliss, number four, women. Gotcha. Great. Thank you, Maureen. And Kath, a little more about yourself, who your ideal clients are and where they can find you. Sure. Um, my ideal clients are probably <laughs> anyone that, I guess, you know, I, I, I do see a lot of people in my practice that, might be a little bit more left of centre with their sexuality, but not always, you know. Um, and, and just to check, your practice is mostly counselling and therapy for singles yeah. and couples, yes? And throuples and... and um, etc. Yeah, I'm poly and kink friendly. Um, I am also... We'll see couples that maybe have come to me with trauma around their sexuality or somehow their sex isn't working, or I might have people coming to me because... Um, they just want to know more. They're having a great sex life, and I want to know more. Or to just to even speak maybe their deepest shames, or you know, think I cannot tell anyone about this kink because they're not going to like me. Or you know, I do get clients coming to me to say, look, I'm looking for a therapist that's not going to um, like um, sort of therapise me in a way to make me wrong because I have this particular quirk around my sexuality. So um, you know, my motto was do no harm but also um, very much um, allow people to... Oh, oh I normalise sexuality, basically. Mm. And um, So, yes, I'm based in Melbourne. Yes. I, um, do, do you do sessions via Skype? I do indeed. I have clients from all over the world. And, um, and my website is personalharmony.com.au. Great. Personalharmony.com.au And just quickly, Kath, uh, sex worker friendly? Absolutely. Sorry, I forgot D- to mention that. Diverse gender expressions. unicorns. Maybe not unicorns. No. I imagine if someone's unicorn identified, you'd be very happy Absolutely. I just don't see any of those. Wonderful. So, friends, you've been listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, brought to you by Curious Creatures. We run a variety of workshops on sexuality and self-development, and you can find us at curiouscreatures.biz, B-I-Z. Hi friends, it's uh, Rog again. Uh, If you're in Melbourne and you like the sound of what we've been discussing today, you might like one of my workshops, uh, Kink 101. Um, It doesn't assume that you are already interested in kink. I almost think of it more as just ways of extending play and expanding touch. But it does take you through the fundamentals of kink in a really safe, measured, cautious way. It's very much about your boundary setting and communication skills and limits and working out how to proceed safely. 
uh, and also having a load of fun. Uh, I run versions of uh, the workshop for couples and for singles, and uh, there are a couple scheduled in Melbourne coming up, so please jump on the website and have a look. That's curiouscreatures.biz.